Hi everyone, this is Todd Fields. This is episode 44 of the Worship Circle Podcast, and we're coming to you in the middle of this whole virus epidemic that's going on in the United States and literally countries all over the world right now. We've all had a new normal, and we're walking in it right now. Many of us are staying in our homes, and so many of us in churches are pre-recording worship services and broadcasting on Sundays. So this is definitely a new age that we're living in. Um, We just want to remind you that God is with you. He's uh, holding us all together. We're all connected uh, by His Spirit. So whatever you're in right now, know that He's with you, we're with you, and we're going to make it through this. We're praying for healing, and we're praying for Him to do what He wants to do in all of our lives in the midst of this new uh, season where we've really got all of our attention, everyone in the world. We are about to launch our next six-month term at Worship Circle, and if you're a guy, our guest today, Travis Green, has a spot left in his small group, but you have to apply first, and to do that, go to worshipcircle.com forward slash program to apply. We want to let you know that we know finances are crazy hard for so many people right now, but we will help you. We will walk with you to make your membership become a reality. So please just go apply so we can reach out to you, get you the information, and you can stay connected to a whole bunch of other worship leaders and small groups in the next six months, which are, it's really going to be a crazy time just to see how all this unfolds. But we've been meeting in Z- with Zoom technology for six years here at Worship Circle. So many of you are doing that now in small group community and with people you do business with and with your church. But it's it's kind of the norm for us. And we've seen God do really awesome things through just this, this uh, connection and technology platform. So apply, worshipcircle.com forward slash program. And we can't wait to get your application. The deadline is the 17th of April. That is literally a one week. You're going to have the weekend to get these in as soon as possible. So if you're a guy, you don't want to miss this. And we will walk you through and help you get in Worship Circle this term. It's going to be an amazing term. I wanted to read this to you guys. This is my favorite psalm right now. Um, There's a lot of favorites, but just to kind of read this over us in these times, um, this is Psalm 34. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are attentive to their cry. But the faith of the Lord is against those who do evil to blot out their name from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. 
He protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked. The foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord will rescue his servants. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. God, we take refuge in you right now in the midst of all that's going on. Would you give us your perfect peace that transcends all understanding, that we can know your presence in these days, God, as we have so many questions and there's so many people that need healing and provision. Would you be our provider? God, thank you for Travis. Thank you for the uh, call you've placed on his life, our dear brother. And we just ask that this interview would be an encouragement to the listeners who are about to listen. We pray that you would encourage us all and remind us all that we're loved and not alone. Hey, everybody, it's my honor and privilege to have a new friend and brother to the Worship Circle podcast and to our coaching team. This is Travis Green. Travis, welcome. Hey, man. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me on uh, as a part of this. It's super cool, bro. Well, we're so glad. Um, first of all, just bl- blown away by all God's done through you in your lifetime, answering the call. And we're going to get into a lot of that about your journey and your story, but we were praying about a new coach for Worship Circle, and I was, I'd was i reached out to Tasha Cobbs Leonard, and uh, it's funny because I already kind of had you in mind, and I didn't tell her. <laughs> she, wow. And she texted back. She said, what about, Tra-? we actually, it was a phone call. I said, what about Travis? And I think you guys were actually texting when she said that. So she wow. said, I'm going to run it by him. So. I'm just so excited and grateful that you're jumping in with our team. It's going to be a fun semester. For sure. Yeah, Tasha's a longtime friend of mine. We both grew up in Georgia uh, together, and we're both now in South Carolina. But uh, I, I was super honored to even be considered for something this cool. Uh, it's always kind of been in my heart to be able to create space, to mentor, and to teach. And so um, this really just gives me a platform to be able to to do what was kind of already in my heart. I mean, you, you guys got it laid out already and make it super easy to just kind of jump in. Yeah. Well, we're grateful for you. What part of Georgia did you grow up in? Uh, two parts, Columbus, Georgia, and a city called Warner Robins, Georgia. Yes, you did. Well, <laughs> for all the listeners in the South, I'm a Georgia boy as well, as if you couldn't tell, but um, it's a beautiful state, and the South is a beautiful place to grow up. So for sure. we have we have that in common. And we also, sure. we'll get into this too, but we also know know a good friend, Louis Giglio, pretty well. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the my one, man. The, the one and only. That's my man. <laughs> so what, what, let's get let's just start out with kind of backing up a little bit. I, I was right. listening just to some things you've done before, and the word miracles came up a lot yeah. in your life. And uh, I wonder if you just, for the listeners um, that are getting to know you through this podcast— Talk about some of those miracles, because I, I know you've talked about them before, but some of the things <laughs> that I'm hearing you talk about, I'm just going, this is unbelievable, starting from when mm-hmm. you're born, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, miracles have definitely been kind of a continual part of my life. Um, I was still born, you know, the doctors, when I was born, they pretty much said I wasn't breathing then, and my mother and dad started praying, and then... um Here's a cool story that many people don't know. I was actually born with extra fingers and toes. Really? 
Yeah, most people don't know that. And so they cut it off. I had it amputated. They can't see it on the podcast, but I had oh, it wow. amputated. So you can't really see. It's like a little nub, little skin nub. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so I was, I was born a mutant. And um, <laughs> so here's something cool. The doctor told my mom, uh, Dover Air Force Base. I was born in really? Dover, Delaware. And the doctor told my mom, said, um, this is unique. He said, either he'll be a famous musician or a doctor. Unbelievable. I married a doctor. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, so it's kind of freaky. But um, Well, the two shall become one, so you're a doctor. <laughs> and a musician. <laughs> so I'm, a doctor. <laughs> I'm not famous, but I am a doctor, kind of, through marriage. And then, um, you, yeah. did you fall out of a window? Yeah, when I was four, I fell four floors out of a window while we were living in Germany, and I was pronounced dead then. Um, and my Good mother grief. came and picked up my body and just prayed for a miracle and came back. That's unbelievable. Four yeah. stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of a freak accident. And then your son, I was I was uh, watching Jace. Yeah. He's a, he's a miracle. Yeah, my wife's water broke halfway through her pregnancy with our firstborn. And the doctor said that, you know, it was impossible that he'd survive. And out of nowhere, okay. I mean, God made a way and um, caused uh, li- literally for her wound to be resealed and for him to stay um, an extra no seven way. weeks. So he was born at 28 weeks. It was two pounds. Wow. And now he'll be, <laughs> he'll be six years old next month in perfect six health. Six years old. That's an yeah, awesome story, man. Crazy, Unbelievable. Man. Well, how did your music journey start? Did you grow up singing in church? And uh, singing came part? late. Singing came really? the latest, actually. Yeah, um, I was a keyboard player in church. My mother was a, a preacher, um, well, she still is. And so I would travel with her a little bit, playing this little keyboard that I actually still own. Um, it's no still way. Right here in my studio. Yeah. Well, they can't see this, but you can see this. So I'm still see you, bro. In this no place, way. I still got this little thing. No way. Little Yamaha for those. I wish you guys could see the video. (laughs) My first first ever keyboard my mom bought for me. And so we would travel. um, We would travel around. Yeah. And I played that. So I started playing keyboard when I was probably seven. And I played that all the way through. I would play in church pretty young when I was pretty young. And I played that kind of all the way through college. And it was around college, my senior year in college, that I was just messing around singing at my college church and the pastor heard me and was like oh man you're gonna lead worship and that's literally how it happened you he just told you <laughs> he just said, said man you can sing you're gonna lead worship I was like oh okay wow so, that's unbelievable yeah that's what happened man golly so how'd you and jackie meet um so we went to the same college i'm older than her so yeah. i had already i graduated and I went back uh, to th- that same church, had an event to have me come and sing at. And I came back and I ended up, uh, instead of singing, I kind of ended up preaching that night. It was just kind of, God just kind of took over. And so I ended up not even singing and a bunch of kids got saved. And um, wow. she was out there that night and we met in a parking lot afterward. Mm. How many years? Uh, so this was oh six, yeah, oh six, and we got married two thousand eleven. So 
Uh, this is our ninth year of marriage. Congratulations. Yeah, man. And how, tell me about your family. How many kids? We got three boys. Jace, three boys. Josh, Judah. So All Jays. Five, and Jackie. three. Yep, five, three. And the other one would be one in like two weeks. <laughs> crazy, you guys man. Are st- you guys are staying busy with those ages. We are done. we've made our contribution to society we've been fruitful and multiplied as much as we will out of the greenhouse unbelievable well hey let's talk a little bit (laughs) we'll we'll get back into music and worship leading but um you're a pastor of a church in columbia called forward city church yeah and you guys have been going five years now is that it oh no uh this august to make four years four years okay four years and uh, what what happened to cause you to think, hey, we need to start a church? Was it was it something it was, you just went, went passionately into, or were you uh, kind of dragging your heels a little bit? Uh, people were telling me that they thought I would do it. I never wanted to do it. Nothing about yeah. it was attractive to me. I mean, at this time, you know, I, I was starting to travel a little more. Um, it was 2013, and so I started traveling a little more, and I was a youth yeah. pastor. I really liked my life. It was simple. It wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't really difficult. And then um, I was in Atlanta airport randomly and felt what I like to call kind of a holy burden. It was kind of this like, man, I think I'm supposed to start a church. And the first time I ever really even thought in that direction, never wanted to do it. And I immediately called my wife. I was like, yo, you think we'll start a church? She was like, yeah, I've always known. I was just waiting on God to tell you. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, Jackie so, knew. <laughs> yeah, so she knew. And so uh, that was 2013. We moved yeah. to Columbia. We were living in Charlotte. We moved to Columbia in 2015 and started a church in 16. So, yeah. Man, what's been the most challenging thing? Ooh, man, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, I know people, man, you know, to be able to pastor, I mean, you know, this. the only way to really able to be the pastor is to remain vulnerable and open. And, you know, yeah. vulnerability gives access, not just for things to go in, um, but for things to come out. So the same vulnerability, the same open window that you're able to preach through and to bless other people, it gives access for, you know, uh, yeah. betrayal and pain and hurt and all that stuff. Oh, and, man. So that I mean that's the most difficult part. Um, someone said it like this, and I think this is probably the best way to really kind of categorize pastoring. It is to pastor effectively. You have to marry people who have the option of dating you. Wow, <laughs> that's true. So you feel it. You feel it when anyone. It doesn't matter if someone is a one dollar tither. You feel it when they say, "Yeah, you know, I think my season is up here." It's like you feel oh. it. You never really get used to it. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Well, let me ask you this. Um, we've got a mutual friend, Louis Giglio, and years ago he said this to me, and I wanted to ask you because you're a lead pastor and a worship leader. Louis always said that the lead pastor of every church is the worship leader. <laughs> As the heart of the lead pastor goes toward worship, so will that church go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. What do you um like what would you say to worship leaders out there that are listening who may have a heart, you know, really for their church to be more I don't know, 
worship focused, but maybe their pastor's more cerebral. He's not as, you know, emotive. <laughs> what would you say to the worship leader out there that they can do um, in humility and love to just encourage that lead pastor? Nothing. <laughs> I mean, Nothing? No, there's, you're without hope, you know. I mean, the, yeah. the, the pastor is kind of the cap. I mean, what are you yeah. going to do? You're going to take him golfing and say, yeah. <laughs> hey, man. You should be more expressive, you know. There's nothing you can really do other than pray for him, you know. Yeah. And if 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 God uh, called you there, you know, then you know, kind of like what what was written in uh, I think it was in First Peter, when when uh, Peter's giving advice to wives, and he's like, "Hey, man, don't nag him. Just pray for him and set an example." I think um, that's good. I think that's kind of the win, you know. You set an example of what worship looks like and and you pray for them, you hold them up. I, I don't think I would never, ever, ever advise a worship leader to the, you know, to test their pastor like, hey man, you weren't really supporting me this past Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess what I'm saying, you know, it's just that it is it's crazy how the personality of a past lead pastor can it, it is the personality of the church, right? It's the DNA, for sure. It is. Yeah. For so, sure. And Louie would say, if you're, if it's a mismatch for you, it's like, it might not be the best, you know, place. I mean, because you're yeah, always going to be frustrated. <laughs> for sure. For sure. And that's why I think it's so important for the pastor and the uh, worship leader's hearts to be knitted and understanding, um, you know, really the goal. And, and you guys, I, I think in your interview process and all of that stuff, those questions should be asked, you know. I ask all those kind of questions, you know, as a worship leader, when I would go and work at a church, I want to know, hey, pastor, do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Like, that matters to me. Did you stop reading the Bible at, you know, after the Gospels? Like, I want to know, you know, because I believe in miracles. <laughs> I believe in the power of God. And so I don't want to be up there exhorting and, you know, even yeah. singing songs or doing anything if that's not your thing. You know, if you just all, you know. Apostles Creed and, and that's it. You know, that's cool. But yeah, you know, I, I those are questions that I asked. And I think you just have to be more open up front about what it is, you know, that you want to yeah. really invest in and, and have your family rooted and, and planted in, you know. What does it look like with you at Ford City, Travis? I know, you know, you're a worship leader, musician written Grammy award winning nominated songs. And then you've got this responsibility to teach every week. Are you in com communication with your worship team often, or is there, there just a, a kind of a trust there? Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really has knowing what, what we're doing. Um, yeah. You know, I think ultimately we want to do original content um, for the church. Um, I think we've still been kind of developing um, you know, it takes a while. It's something that uh, that the guys from Passion told me. I think they said it took them five years to even to yeah. figure out who they were. You know, so it takes a while. We're we're only you know, we're the age of my middle son. We're we're still three. You know, yeah. so <laughs> I think for me it's been I don't want to put the cart before the horse. I've just really been trying to focus on developing culture. And sometimes I think you find out who you are by discovering who you're not. So I'm not afraid to try things, and we've tried things like ah, that didn't really work for us, and so yeah. it's been a lot. Of what that are going some? On. What are some? Of, you mentioned culture. What are some of the 
this non-negotiables for you with culture at Forward City? Like, what do you val- What do you yeah. guys value and like to champion? Yeah, passion is one of those. I mean, you're going to be passionate. You know, if yeah. uh, the what I teach our worship leaders, man, is that you're you're a salesman. I mean, I'm the same thing. You know, we're just we're the guy at Chevrolet trying to sell you a new truck. Like that's it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's the Holy Spirit that does the convincing and the and the conviction. But I mean, we mm-hmm. have to be. You know, if we just get up there and just, oh, praise the one who paid my debt. Like, man, what are you, like, you don't believe that, you know? So you have to, you have to be passionate in your demonstration. Um, You got to be hot for people to even get lukewarm. And so um, that's the first non-negotiable. Second is, for me, integrity. Not not perfection, but honesty. I, I don't mind. I'll take anything. You could tell me, you know, hey, man, I picked up a prostitute last night. You know, I'd rather you tell me than me to find out about it on the <laughs> news. Like, don't let right. me, you know, so I can handle anything and we'll walk together. And, yeah. uh, you know, you're not disposable. The only people who I can't, you know, who I can't commit to long term are liars. Because if you lie, you'll steal, you'll cheat, you'll do anything. And That's the good. Bible is very clear about, you know, compulsive liars. You know, that the Bible literally calls the devil the father of, of liars, you know, so you you prove kind of what offspring you are, you know, by that trait. So that's one trait that's a non-negotiable for me. OK, one time white lie. All right. But if we have a routine of man every time, then that's a real heart issue, you know, that that we're not going to have on stage. So, yeah. How do you guys when you talk about passion, is there something you do? kind of systematically each Sunday, either in the green room or just in prep to set your mind on the truth as a team? Yeah, I mean, I, I man, I'm very high, high energy. So I work out no. every Sunday morning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I work out every Sunday morning and I take a five hour to preach. So those two things combined, I'm just, I'm, wow. yeah, man, I'm like, ah! so I walk into the facility screaming, hey, everybody, you know, all of that. And then yeah. I come in the green room. I'm hyper than anybody, so they have to match my energy. <laughs> I'm pushing people around, and then we do a big huddle and come together and uh, put our hands in the middle. And, uh, yeah. you know, and I always have a, the guys from Passion know this at Elevation because um, I've toured both of them, but I have like a custom kind of just a mosaic. They've been on the road with me too. So I'll just every day is something new. It depends on what city we're in, it depends yeah. on what's going on. Just the most random, dumb thing. For you to repeat on the count of three. So I do that every service. So it would be on the count of three. Hey, we are the hope of the future. We're the modern day Avengers. God is going to use us to change this world. I hope you're ready. <laughs> on three. One, two, three. You have to memorize so they <laughs> get their mind no engaged. Way. So it's a challenge. Yeah. It's a challenge. So uh, You work out on Sunday before you preach. 6.30. Yes, sir. 6.30. Yes, sir. Unbelievable! It's because we do three, we do three, three services. services. So yeah. if I don't, if I don't have natural energy going, I feel yeah. it. it. I feel yeah. totally different. So it gives me just a little edge. That's good. That's that's awesome, man. Passion, integrity, honesty—basically building trust, right? Yeah, another. for sure. But, hey, but perfection said- is not one of them, though. For me, you know, I yeah. think there's there's that line between 
a lot of times people feel like they don't they can't be honest because they're hold to a standard of perfection. I don't expect anyone to be perfect. I expect for you, you know, I mean, most of our guys are young. Several of our musicians are single. I expect for you to be dumb. I expect for you to, yeah. you know, do something that you're not supposed to do. That That is expected. I was a young musician. I just want the moments and the yeah. opportunities of, hey, man, this is what's going on. And I think all, I think our guys are really shocked by my response to their honesty. And so perfection isn't, uh, is not something that is an expectation of mine, but honesty is. That's good. Hey, when I um, mentioned the phrase multicultural worship, what, what comes to mind when you think about that in, in places or experiences or churches where you've seen that happen successfully? Does, do any do any come to mind like blending styles? How do you you know any advice on how to do that? Um, I mean, there's a few people who do it really well. I, I feel like I feel like um, Elevation has been very um, yeah deliberate in in that um, and you know in recent times. Um, you know, I, I think the, I mean even Pastor, you know, having me uh, on tour with them. I think um, yeah. I think there's only one way to be multicultural and it's to be intentional. I don't think people lack um, being multicultural because of racism. I don't think that's really it as much so for believers. I think it is just some, but it's not that. I think it's more preference. I think that's really the word. I think it's like, people's like, man, listen, I'm told what to do Monday through Friday on Sundays, you know, on the weekend. (laughs) I finally get my choice and I want to be around, you know, (laughs) my, my pals and that's just yeah. what it is, you know. So I think it's more of that than just blatant. Hey, I don't want to go over there. It's just like uh, I'm just more comfortable over here. And I think yeah. those type of things are okay to admit. Um, but I think in order to embrace diversity, it has to be something that's deliberate and a little more deliberate than just placing someone black or placing someone white on your stage. I think yeah. that's a cop out that a lot of people, you know, try to like, we're going to diversify. <laughs> hey, get up here and sing Amazing Grace and do your little riffs and more yeah. blacks are going to come to our church. It's like, no, bro, only your white people going to look at me like I'm crazy. That's what's going to happen. Today. Yeah. <laughs> so Man. I think it's um, I think it's really I think what you're doing is really I think that's the, the secret sauce, I think, is making friends. It is saying, yeah. hey, man, most of my friends look like me. Let me walk across the street, shake this guy's hand, and become a friend of his. Um, yeah. And then by being friends, we can have conversations. And I don't, we don't have to both be like, oh, can I say this? Is this politically correct? Yeah. <laughs> do I say right. African-American or do I say black or do I say yeah. it's like, man, just, <laughs> we're just friends now. Like, there is no judgment. Yeah. Um, and I, that's what I'm telling people, man. Diversity doesn't happen in our pews. It happens at our dinner tables. Um, yeah. So actually making friends, you know, and your kids at their birthday yeah. parties, seeing people who don't look like them at their house, you know, that mm-hmm. is a reflection of your, you know, your friend list. Like, do you have friends that don't look like you? And so um, that to me is, is really the heartbeat behind being multicultural. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's so cool because... When Tasha came on board with our team at Worship Circle, she said, hey, I just want to be a bridge. And uh, that's the last retreat we had. It's like we're getting momentum. And I, I have this, I just have a vision of the worship leaders in church coming together. It's like, yeah, you know, we're all, we're all doing the same thing. 
Yeah. And some styles may be different here and there, but man, it was the most beautiful thing this past January. And I just want more of that, you know? I think yeah. there's so much to gain from us joining hands as friends and brothers and sisters. So I'm excited about the future. For sure. Hey, I love the song uh, Good and Loved. You got some amazing songs, but that one I just love um, with, with where I'm at right now. It's really speaking to me. How did that song come about for you? Uh, prayer. So I was, um, we, we did 6 a.m. prayer every Tuesday and Thursday um, of, I believe it was last year. And so we were in prayer. As a church? Um, yeah, as a church. Yeah. Okay. Um, or maybe it was the year before last. I'm losing track of time, man. I don't even know what today <laughs> yeah. is. Um, but we were in prayer and the song just kind of just came up organically. And, um, mm-hmm. I, um, the, the chorus did, I am good. You are love. And sometimes at prayer, I'll just play piano and sing. And I was just mm-hmm. kept singing that over and over. And then, um, the other part, so no matter what comes out goes, one thing that you must know. That's actually from my wedding song. That line is from a song I sung to my wife, um, at our uh. wedding. And so wow. I just kind of stole that and put it in there. And then um, I was like, man, this feels like it has legs. So I came home and just started chopping away on the guitar and came up with the uh, the bridge of what was and is is covered by the one man. who was. And yeah. um, then the verses, I wrote the verses in Africa, random. I know that's random, but I was in Africa and I was like, uh, I want to finish this song. And I was like, man, I just feel like first name that came to my mind, I was like, man, Stephanie would like just kill like... And so yeah. I wrote the song and I recorded the demo at a studio in Lagos, Nigeria. And I sent her a rough of the demo. It's just like, I love it. Let's go. And so that's uh-huh. how it happened. That's powerful, man. Yeah. It's just one of those when you know, I got to the middle of it and I was like, something's about to happen. <laughs> it takes off again. It's like, yes. Hey, what's the, um, this is going to come out probably tomorrow. Today's the 10th, so the 11th of uh, here of April 2020. We're all in the middle of this coronavirus thing. Yeah, it's crazy. What, what's what's the new normal for you guys right now as a church? I mean, a lot of people are doing video. Are you all pre-recording? Are you going live? Or Yeah, we're doing a lot of pre-recording. Um, I'm kind of, I'm anal, man. I'm a professionist, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not furtic yet. I don't have, you know, <laughs> the best technology known to mankind. So, um, yeah. what what has been working for us, man, is just uh, recording and and editing, and then we we're able to stream it live, you know. And it's been very great when engagement and people have been really connecting and coming on with what's happening so that's been it's been helpful for us that's been good yeah we've it's in the worship circle community we've had a lot of churches share ideas just with what technology they're using and you know i think early early on people tried to go live and it was like (laughs) sometimes it failed and they're like this is too important (laughs) but it seems it seems like across the board travis that like there's way more viewers watching video church right now than there have been just coming to a physical location for this time absolutely if you what are some of the stories you guys have heard any stories you could share about how god's using that with your community yeah i mean i mean i think this it's just very obvious in the amount of people who are um getting saved the amount of people who are even given our given hasn't dropped which is a blessing um yeah. and and um 
I think right now, man, people just need hope. So everywhere. I think yeah. viewership is just throughout the wall because no one is, you know, you got all these people with nothing to do on Sundays now, but watch, you know, a video. So it's like, I think there's a lot of church hoppers, you know, it's like, I'm going to yeah. watch the service. I'm going to watch the service. It's like, changing the channel. Been, yeah. Been to watch church on Sundays. is kind of the thing. So I think all of that attributes to the numbers being as high as they are. Most of the time, you know, folks are active in their own church, you know, um, depending on what church if they're at a Pentecostal church in Georgia, you know, they're in church from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., you know, one service. So it just depends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so I think people just have more time on their hands or something. <laughs> Man, there was a Pentecostal church near North Point where I used to work. I'm <laughs> on, on my way home, and we would do like three services. <laughs> and they were still going. They started at like nine and it was like one. I guess they had to bring lunch in. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Same cars in the same spot. This is one service, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so you're, only, you're only preaching one time now, right? Uh, now I am. Yeah. Yeah. So I I have more energy on Sundays for Are sure. Are you still working but, um, out before you shoot your video? <laughs> nah. I, I probably should. But I've, yeah. but I've been working out. We work out almost every day. I have a gym here at the house. So we work out probably. Four or five times a week. Oh. So I'm about. To, I'm gonna work out when I get done with this. Yeah, it's either Man. that or Doritos and Netflix, and I just can't. I I, I can't do my life like that. That's funny. If this um, is the end, I don't want to go out with Doritos in my hand. I want to get caught up with either a exactly. Bible or some weights in my hand. Yep. Hey, based on just the miracles we've talked about in your life, and you know, every day is a miracle. But um, I know you believe that you're here on purpose. God has you here for a reason. What do you believe his specific call on you is right now? Man. Man. Jeez, dude, you're good at this. Um, I think my job here, I think it's multifaceted. One, I think it is to help uh, just bring freedom to people who, are, who feel bound, who feel stuck, who feel overlooked, who feel um, like they're not enough. Um, those are the people who I feel drawn to and called to. I feel also that, like Tasha said, that I'm called to be a bridge. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have a very uh, vast understanding as it pertains to multicu- multiculturalism, really because of the yeah. way I was raised. I was raised really on both sides of the track. So Columbus, it was like we had one white guy in the class. His name was Troy Bartlett. His dad was a police officer. He was like one of my best friends. And then we moved to Warner Robins, Georgia. And yeah. I became Troy Bartlett, and I was like one of the only black guys in the class. So, <laughs> um, so I just have a, I have an understanding of of multiple cultures, and um, because of that, I, I I'm able to exist and adapt in in multiple spaces. And most people just aren't just due to their own personal history. And so, with that, I, I want to use that as an opportunity to um, help help people get connected and do life together. Hey, let's wrap up with this. Um, guys, if you're listening um, and you're a guy, which would make you a guy, <laughs> not just when I say guys, guys and girls, but guys, um, Travis is leading a small group with Worship Circle. Travis, what would you say to guys that are out there, worship leaders, um, just about the power of community, the power of being known and jumping in for mentoring? 
Yeah, I I mean, man, I would attribute 100% of what I'm able to do by the mentorship that I've gathered. Uh, I mean, um, people have been very helpful in my journey. Um, And that mentorship for my super safe people includes the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much. Um, But but there's been others who he's really um, assigned to my life that gave me um, understanding and clarity for seasons um, that taught me things that um, I often like to say they saved me tuition, things that I would have paid for in the long run. I was able to just learn from their experiences. And so um, I can't stress how vital it is to be in a community of people and and invest in yourself. You know, so many times we make an investment in ministry or in other things. I think it's very wise to invest in yourself and worship circle is an opportunity for you or your church to invest in you, in your gift, in you blossoming, in you growing. And um, I think the benefits from it, uh, I think, man, it's going to take years to even be able to see all the impact that comes from this yeah. opportunity of, of growth. Yeah. Yes, we agree. And we invite you to jump in. We can't wait to have you as a coach and kick this, your inaugural term off here in I'm a ready, few man. weeks. It's going to be fun. Let's do it. Hey, man, can you pray us out? For sure. Um, Lord Jesus, thank you for this time together. Thank you for uh, Todd. Thank you for um, what you placed in his heart to be able to shed light in an area that is often um, cloudy, the area of worship leading, um, where there's so many worship leaders who feel alone, who feel um, unseen, um, who feel like they don't have a voice other than behind a microphone. So thank you for um, this community that gives us a voice to be able to share, to lean, um, to grow, to stretch, um, to be challenged by others. And Father, I thank you. for our nation and this world in this time of crisis, that you are the God who gives peace um, that surpasses our understanding. You're the God who gives joy. That is our provision of strength. And Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that we will come out of this better than the way we entered it. Special blessing on Todd, his marriage, his family, and on worship circle in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Worship Circle Podcast. As always, we want to remind you that you are loved, that you are not alone. And when you lead, when you walk with Jesus, we stand with you as an army of worship leaders that's growing around the world to bring hope to people who need hope and healing to people who need healing. We hope you join us next time. And until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at at Worship Circle and share this podcast and the information about it with any leader you know so that they can become part of this growing tribe of leaders on the earth.